I did feel the angst that come along with querying. But I would say to anybody, don't get in that place of desperation. Because when we get into a place of desperation, we do questionable things. And this is a business career. And if you're going to be paying somebody 15% of your money for the rest of your book projects, it needs to be worth it. Doing the due diligence, stay in them trenches until you find the right person. Because everybody's feedback is not going to resonate with you. Hey there, welcome to Lit Match, a podcast made to help writers find the best literary agent and business partner for their writing career. Thank you for joining me for these meaningful conversations with literary agents, editors, and authors. In each episode, you can learn about the query process and other invaluable writing craft and publishing insights. I'm Abigail Perry, the host of Lit Match and a book coach and certified developmental editor who has also worked as an editorial intern at a literary agency. I'm really excited to share my conversation with today's guest. She's an author I found on Twitter after she tweeted about some important things writers need to keep in mind when researching and querying literary agents. And of course, that immediately grabbed my attention and I just knew she'd be a perfect guest. Her name is T. Moore and she is a revered voice of African-American storytelling. T. is the author of an indie book, After the Storm, and views writing as her avenue for giving hope, sharing life's lessons, and sparking imaginations. T writes uplifting works for all ages, which includes, but is not limited to, children's picture books, fun middle grade novels, young adult novels, and adult romance novels. T has work published in the Alabama News, Medium, and Reader's Digest, and has a TED Talk on motherhood and entrepreneurship. T is also a proud alum of Clark Atlanta University, where she majored in mass media arts with a concentration in radio in Florida A&M University College of Law. T is represented by Gemisco Chambers Black of Andrea Brown Literary Agency. Her young adult nonfiction book, Filmmakers, will release on August 16. T also has a picture book titled My Ancestor's Wildest Dream, which is slated to publish for 2023. It's my great pleasure to welcome Timor. I am so excited. I think that you are going to have great advice to share with the listeners about the process of finding a literary agent and break down what usually seems like a very intimidating process. First, congratulations on getting your literary agent. That's so wonderful. How is that experience going for you? So far, so good. I really connect. My agent is Jamesco Chambers Black over at Andrea Brown. And it has just really been an amazing experience. We're still fairly, fairly, fairly early in our relationship. I signed with her back in September of 21. I love the way she strategizes. It's been really fun seeing her in action because we are friends as well. We were friends beforehand. Now to see her as my business partner and how she moves is a little different. And so having to make sure I'm being objective with what I'm seeing, but so far, so good. And just, you know, the other clients that she has as well kind of confirm what I feel. I'm so glad that you're having a good experience and I hope that that continues. Before we get into it, why don't we talk about what you write and how your writing career came to be? I really have been writing since I was a kid. In some shape, form, or fashion, I did indie publish my first book back in 2018. I also had found that I had started crafting After the Storm in 2012 and just published in 2018. So as you can see, it takes time to book idea to actual publication. I've kind of lost my way with writing, though. 
probably when I was about 17, I had a diary. I used to write very detailed journal entries and someone, a family member had found my diary and made photocopies of a particular entry and read it out loud at a family meeting. It was like the worst entry. It was true 17-year-old having a day, yeah. but it was a violation. So that really stunted my writing and was a form of trauma for me. I stopped even writing creatively. So if I only would write if I had assignments for college or whatever. But as far as my creative space, writing poetry, writing just anything, that all really came to a stop. It really wasn't until I had my kids that I started back writing. Really was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so when I was pregnant with my second daughter is when I finished After the Storm. I was like, oh, I cannot write this book with two kids under, like, that's just not going to work. It's impressive. Uh, <laughs> it, it is an impressive feat, I tell you the yeah, truth. It is. <laughs> writing anything, I don't know how I've done any writing, to be honest, with my kids, but... You become really organized. You yeah. figure it out. You really have to. You have to yeah. figure out your life real fast. But I credit my kids so much for where I am today as far as my writing career. And I dub myself as your family's favorite author because I write literally picture books up to adult romance. And so I'm writing across genres and the picture books obviously come because I have kids who are literally in that spot where we're reading picture books. And I was seeing how some of the picture books were being written. I was like, I don't like this. Or I love how this is being written. That's really, really good. I like this. But of course, I also saw there was this Black characters that were Black that looked like me, that looked like my daughters, yeah. who had hair like my kids. My son, who was adopted, the books are animals, are they're just centered on white families who <laughs> have adopted Black kids or other kids of other ethnic groups, but not necessarily Black families who have adopted. And you're seeing that. And so I was like, I need to write what I'm seeing. Now, when I wrote my first picture book draft and went out on query with it, it was, I'm not going to say it was terrible, but I didn't know how to write a picture book. It's hard. <laughs> Writing a picture book is hard. Let me tell you, when I hear people say, I'm going to write children's books, independent published children's books, no shade, no tea. However, it is not the same. I have a law degree. I am a practicing attorney and I could not write a picture book initially. It was the worst thing. And it was over 1,100 words or something. And then picture books can be that long. Depends on the type. But because I write novels, a lot of stuff. Really different. Kind of, yeah, like yeah. novel-like form. And it was my heart. Brought tears to my eyes every time I would read it. I was like, this is the one. This is the one. And those rejections were like, that is not the one. So my journey just into writing has always been a part of who I am. It's, it is my outlet. It is my form of therapy. It's what I love to do. But there's still that imposter syndrome. There's still times where I am not as comfortable with sharing my words. And I think it stems back from that time when I was 17 and my writing was violated in such an intimate space. Um, sorry that happened to you. It's just weird people are weird yeah. and stuff like that. But I know that that really stunned everything, but I'm happy that it never stopped you completely. Fully, yeah. Like it never fully, cause I still love to read and so I've always been a reader to find me, especially when I was younger, like to find me in a book was not uncommon. So it's been a journey to do the independent publishing at the time I was scared to query. I was terrified. I've heard all the horror stories. I was afraid of Big Bad Editor, Big Bad Publisher changing my story and taking away from my story and making it something that it's not. I don't think I was too concerned about the rejections per se, 
at initially because I didn't fully understand a query process. But I think that was always my biggest fear is someone taking my story, what I wanted my story and it not being what I intended it to be. So after the story, it was my first baby. I love those characters. They're amazing little characters I wrote and my little book baby. So, but when I decided to try traditional publishing, I didn't have community at the time. So I didn't really have anybody I could talk to about it. But just kind of, you know, Google, get on there and you start researching. I had this, at the time, love-hate relationship with Twitter. I wasn't really on Twitter. I just started putting myself out there, reading all the blogs I could find. And I had no clue about Publishers Marketplace until last year. I still don't know how to use it that well, but I know its purpose. But Query Tracker and all these things that you don't no, we don't have community. 2020 pandemic year, I started to look at my first agent. I finished up the, the book. And this is the picture book that you finished the up. first picture book that I wrote. But the year we got our son, I was like, I want to write something, especially for him. Because mm-hmm. I want him to know how much I love him and how yes. much a blessing he is to our family. So I really wanted to write this, this book for him. I wrote that book. And I was really proud of myself. 2019 was a weird year for me as well because it was also the year I took my second bar exam. I was in the midst of taking a bar exam and then we having another child. And there's like a lot going on in that year, but I wrote that book. I also had another novel idea, kind of surprised by. And I found some notes with that one and that started in 2017 mm. when I started playing with that book idea that I actually just submitted the revised manuscript. But the picture book I wrote in 2019, I took on Query in 2020, in March. And those rejections were hot and happy. Again, not having community, not knowing the resources that were available, critique partners, I didn't have that. I didn't have anyone who I could share my work with. Then a tweet came. That summer in June, it was either right before or right after George Floyd. And this amazing community that I'm still happy to be a part of, Black Creators and Kid Lit, came about. And from there, I found my people. And from there, I was hot and heavy on Twitter. And I yeah. like started learning about the writing community, started meeting people. A year later, I have this dynamic group of friends that I lean on. They have become family to me. I've found people who can critique my work. I do credit my first agent for introducing me to the writing barn, where I took the picture book, perfecting your picture book class and started to that first story I wrote in 2019. I have since rewritten and gone through several revisions to where it is now a palatable picture book that still tells the story that I wanted to tell. It's been an amazing journey. And I know a lot of people like, I don't want to hear about your Cinderella stories. And I, you know, I support in trenches. But sometimes I think you need to hear the origin, especially because what I'm hearing is the importance of community and how you are not having a community for a long time in the writing world. When you finally found the writing community, you started to take steps forward in a place that allowed you to Go where you wanted to go with traditional publishing. I think that's probably why sometimes being in the query trenches can be daunting if you don't have that community. And sometimes you have a community and we all know it's subjective. Everything in life is subjective. Even our best intentions to be objective, it's still going to be subjective. Finding people who can be honest with you, give you that critical feedback, but also build you up so that you can know what you are doing. It's so easy to forget to pat yourself on the back. I forget all I've accomplished. Could be the Capricorn in me, but I forget that I've done a lot of amazing things. On top of being a mom? 
right? Top of being a yeah. mom. Yeah. And I, like I said, I have three kids. So I'm in a thick of all, all the ages. Of stages. Yeah. So personality, potty training one. And yeah. got to help with homework with the other one. The other one, I'm just trying to work with her because she is a strong-willed child. Managing personalities and being a wife and cooking dinner, doing all these things. When people ask me, how do you do it? I honestly, you know, I usually say like grace of God, number one, but two, I, I don't know. It's one step forward. It's yeah. one step putting out the query, taking that first page and writing it. There is no science to it. There is no secret formula. There is no nothing. It is you sit down and write it. I'm well within my right to sit back and wait till the kids are 18. I wait till they're out the house. And speaking as a mother who is a dreamer, who is a creative, that's just not an option. So it's just like, yeah, I could, but my kids need to be in a badass today. And they need to know that when they get grown, especially my girls, I need my girls to know that, yes, you can be a Great mother, a present mother, and show up for your babies, but show up for number one first. Oxygen mask goes on you first, and then you tend to all the other things. Something that I'm learning now and something that I'm becoming more intentional about my dreams, because my purpose didn't just die when I became a mom. It actually became more realized. Being a mom is just part of my purpose. It's part of the path. I'm meant to be a mother to these three kids. But I'm also meant to write these stories. I'm also meant to remind that hopeless romantic, that love is possible. I'm meant to remind that, you know, these kids, that they are beautiful, that they are deserving, they are amazing. Your voice still matters. And so hopefully whoever's listening, hopefully there's a parent out there, just keep going. It's going to require to get up early in the morning or stay up late at night or when they're napping or whatever work. Writing is getting done. Yeah. And I think you just know it has to get done. Like I still have to show up for my law firm. I still have clients who I still have to tend to. I still have their cases. You don't stop, but you got to flow with it. I love everything you put out there. I think that all your messages strike right to my heart. I think that they're so wise. And I think that they're inspiring. I'm hearing there's a real reason for writing those stories. It doesn't take away from all the other important things that you're doing in your life. Being a mom is maybe the most important thing, you know, and then it's like, being a lawyer, having your clients, those are important too. You just need to figure out how to put yourself right. into the moment for each one mm-hmm. when you have the time to do it and be kind to yourself if it doesn't go perversely as planned. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, and you know, Shonda Rhimes in her memoir, it's one of my favorite books, when the year of yet in her speech to her college, she said when she has to work on grades or, you know, work on one of her shows, what she's sacrificing to do that is that time with her child, with one of her kids. When she's spending time going to a kid's recital or just sitting down to play with them, what she sacrifices is working on her craft or even at, I think once I started to understand that, if I spend time and do movie night with my family Mm -hmm. for these two hours, I got to force my brain to know that we're not going to be writing for at least two hours. That's a sacrifice. When I'm doing a trademark application for a client during that time, I'm not writing. When I'm writing, there's no laundry. Those clothes that have been sitting on my bed for the past week, they still don't exist. That's what I've started to have to learn. And so I started to take that advice because sometimes I feel bad. I'm almost 40 and I'm just now writing. What if I would have been doing it? But I don't think I could write the story that I'm writing. It's really interesting because here you are, you're saying that you're a picture book author. And then you're a novelist. Some writers might hear that and be like, wait a second. <laughs> How do I do multiple genres? 
can yeah. gents represent multiple genres? <laughs> That's the gem right there. What did they say in the land? The diamond in the rough? Right. Because they don't. But I was so intentional this second time around when I went back into the crate that I didn't necessarily have to be all the way in, but I put myself in the crate trenches because I knew in my heart that my agent who I have now, I knew she was the fit for me. My first agent, like I said, I always credit her for showing me some things and getting into the industry. It was needed, but it wasn't a good fit. I knew that earlier than a lot of authors who may be on their second or third agent, it didn't take me a full year to realize that this may not be the person. Now, I'm okay with change. I can mm-hmm. adapt. But this just felt different. For the vision I saw for my career and the way that I write, I don't write social justice books. That's not my thing. There are authors who do that well. I am Black love, Black joy. That's my thing. Also, I'm relatable. So it doesn't matter if the character is Black. You being a mom can relate to me as a mom because yeah. we have the same. Mom life is just real. Yeah, it is. I mean, that was a big reason why I was like, okay, yep, I, I get that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's just real. I think seeing... That's what I want to see. It's not so much that the person, the, the main character is Black or anything. It's just that we are people. Yes. Here. We wash our hands the same way anybody else washes their hands. Our kids do things the same way anybody else's kids do. That's what I want to see in the story. But it just happens the person is Black. So when I realized the space that I was writing in and who at the time was representing me, I was like, this may not be the person to take me all the way in that career. It was hard. I didn't write about it, write about it, talk to people about it. But I knew that we needed to part ways. I did that February of 21. I sent my letter. I talked to her and I felt a relief. And I knew in my heart I did the right thing. That I didn't start querying again until April, May. <laughs> this time I didn't go out with my picture books. I went out with my adult novel. And that was a little scary for me too. You can lose pacing be a problem the saggy middle they talk about i don't subscribe to that to me the middle is where all the fun happens honey it's popping at this point i was nervous because it's traditional publishing and i'm about to go out here with a full-length novel now i've written one novel before that was independent publishing the circumstances were a little bit different but this is a little different people are going to see this they're going to read it so i got out there and i got quite a full full request and partial then people who passed again one thing you kind of learn, which I wish more authors learn, a pass doesn't mean they're passing on you individually. Yes. Yeah, that's a big difference, right? It is just the work. It is not you. So it can make I, a huge difference in how you receive rejection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it makes it any easier. I don't like to be rejected. I feel like I am a cool person and I am bomb diggity and I am fabulous and you should want my work. But they didn't want it. And that's correct. We don't, we don't vibe. But I knew because of the opening pages, I already knew that it would have to take a particular person to resonate. So when people were passing on the first 10 pages, it didn't matter. They weren't my person. So I went out there and back into those trenches. And again, rejections, they're coming. And then there'll be a foolish flash. I had a moment where I broke down and I cried. And I was just like, God, maybe I've, I made a mistake. Maybe I should have just stayed or... Maybe I'll go out with my picture books, but I really wanted an agent that could rep me for my picture books. I did not want two agents. Knowing that is so important, right? Because it changes who you look for. It changes everything. It is hard to find an agent that can do kid lit 
and adult. It's usually either or, or they might go all the way down to middle grade, but they don't do picture books. Picture books is really its own unique type of craft and its own space with its own specialized editors. And then with the adult space, with romance, that might be all they do. I would submit to people who were not both, who did one or the other, but Jim, she did all the things. I was like, mm. and I did not give her my picture book. I gave her my adult novel. That is what I queried her with. One thing I knew was I was confident in my writing. I wasn't concerned that I was a bad writer and I would get feedback. Actually, I really wasn't getting this particular go around form rejection. There were some forms. But for the most part, I was getting actual feedback. And I know a lot of writers don't get that when they query. Right. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. But also don't take offense if you don't get feedback. Sure. Seeing things now on the back end, it's a lot. And I was fortunate to get feedback. And so I sat down with the book. I actually had all these folds and then the was getting passes on the fold. And then Jim, she gave me an R&R. Mind you, my friend gave me the R&R. I was so mad. And approach. I was like, an R and R. That is not what I expected. But she gave me concrete feedback on it. And I was like, fine, whatever. And can you and relate to the feedback? I can relate like, to the feedback. Right. The feedback was very helpful. But all the agents were saying the same thing. So I was like, if it's the end for me, I say it was a pacing. I was doing too much exposition and too much backstory and all this extra stuff that really could do some work. And that's a craft issue. I can take that feedback because now you're telling me it's my craft. That's not subjective. That's subjective. I was devastated by it. I cried like all of June. I came off of Twitter for the month of June and I was so tempted to just be like, you know what? Forget this. I'm about to submit this picture book and I'm about to go get me a picture book agent. Yeah. Then an opportunity came along for a project and there was a contract that was going to be forthcoming and I was like, what do I do? Now it's time for me to start working on these pages. Let me do this R&R because I really want to work with Jim. I wanted to work with her, like I said, mainly because she could rep me for everything. There was no question about that. She could do my picture book and she could do my adult. And I was like, let me put on my big girl panties and let me do what I need to do. So I ended up working on revising the novel and I was able to resubmit that. I passed my R&R and I was very proud of myself. Well, you should be. It's hard to get an R&R. But I think also you have to relate to that feedback. That's one thing that I like to emphasize to writers. So the saying is you only need one yes. Uh-huh. And absolutely getting that yes, that is probably one of the best feelings in the world. However, that yes has to be right for you as well, yeah. right? So it's really important for writers to remember that it's a business relationship, that when it comes down to it, you both need to be equally in it. When an agent offers representation, they're just as nervous. Yeah, they, is an object, they right? are. It's- when they say no agent is better than any agent. You think it's a lie. You think, how would you know I've been querying for 15 years or on my 1,000th rejection? I just want any. You absolutely do not want any yet. You want the right yes. And you shouldn't uh, just be querying anyone. You, the very first time I was querying, as much research as I could do. But yeah, you, I was out there trying to get that yes. And I did connect with my first agent. Let me say that. I did connect with her. But again, I just could see what I was writing and how I was writing and stuff. It just wasn't going to be the best fit down the road. I love that you reflected on that because it's yeah. important for you to find the best fit. I love Jay Shetty. He does a podcast on purpose and he talks about on one episode about sometimes it's really hard to let things go, but 
when you let them go, it actually leaves space for someone else. So it's one of those things where it helps the process because you have to go in a different direction because it's just going to be better for overall what you're trying to do for you, for the products you're trying to put out, whatever it is, right? Right. Creative energy, whatever it is. If anything, it's a purposeful move. This wasn't bad. She didn't do anything wrong towards me. Long-term goals were just different. That mattered. And I found myself the second time around. I did feel a place of desperation at one point. I did feel the anxiety. I did feel the angst that come along with querying. But I would say to anybody, don't get in that place of desperation. Because when we get into a place of desperation, we do questionable things. And this is a business career. And if you're going to be paying somebody 15% of your money for the rest of your book projects, it needs to be worth it. Doing the due diligence, stay in them trenches until you find the right person. Because everybody's feedback is not going to resonate with you. I knew going around this second time, I needed somebody who was either a Black agent or a person of color or a actual ally Mm -hmm. if they were going to be white. Those were things I needed in that next go around. That was one of the first criteria. I knew what I needed in that particular agent. They were a Black woman and not all Black people are the same either. So that it had to also be like connect even if we share the same cultural background we have the same goals does that matter that was also very much important for me to have absolutely Um, having that list not just i want an agent i'm like i just gotta get no what kind of agent do you want you have somebody who's not hands-on and they kind of like hey don't send me anything unless it's ready to go out because there are agents who are not going to read your stuff i would never submit to those agents that's me Mm -hmm. but i need you to be editorial I need to know that I can communicate with you. I need to know that I can text you or I can call you or email. I need open communication. I'm relational. I love to talk to people and meet people and connecting with people. That's just my personality. You're the famous theater author, right? Yeah. yeah. How <laughs> can be your family favorite author? How you know me? You don't know me. You don't yeah. know me. I want to know you. So I needed an agent who had that. like that. And I had that in my first agent too. Like I could talk to her and stuff like that. Even still going into that second one, that second round, like, okay, what am I really looking for? And you don't know what you don't know, right? I love what you're doing here because you have created a criteria list. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to figure out what is it for my career. And that is a smart thing to do for yourself. Like you said, agents are nervous when they're having the call. And there's this weird power dynamic that's out there, right? Where we have authors, we believe, and I'm going to say we, because there's a lot of us, we put the onus on the agent. The agent is the supreme being next to the editor at the publishing Mm. house. This person, I have to impress them. Meanwhile, the agent's thinking, I got to impress you. One thing I love about Jim is she is like, no, I haven't done anything. I need to show you what I can do. I need to make sure that you are taken care of. I need to make sure that I'm earning my weight and that you feel that I'm doing a good job. There are agents out there who understand what their role is. That does not mean to give the author the license to be an asshole. You still have to be professional and carry yourself because at this point, you are a business. You're creating a business for yourself. You're off the career. The authors who get that, those are the ones who do well because they understand it's a business. If you're traditionally publishing, it's still a business. Your agent relationship, this is business. How do you negotiate? How can I expect to see the sub list? There are agents who don't share sub lists. That's just me. I I need to know some things. I'm not going to go email the editor. That's your job. But I do want to know who you're submitting to because as a Black author, 
maybe I don't want you to submit to that editor because I know some things, you know, in the author street, they be talking about that editor. And it's okay for authors to talk about that too. It is. Authors should talk about advances, especially authors of color need to know, like when they had the publisher paid me, this should not be a secret. All this goes into the research, but these are things that you don't know because I didn't know this a year ago. And you need the writing community. You need a community. Even if it's just one or two people, you need that relationship. You need people that you can trust to have your back, that you can talk the first time. I did not have this criteria of what I was looking for. I didn't know what I needed until I got into the relationship. And sometimes you don't find that out until you get into it. You're not going to know how well you work. And getting an agent is really half the battle. Because if you think you're going to get an agent and your book is going to sell tomorrow, it's not going to happen. Now, the first time, everything did happen very fast for me, but there's still the waiting. There's still the rejections on the other side. The editors pass what they do pass. So you're just going to be rejected. And it happens. So there's still levels to that. But you want somebody that believes in your writing 100% with you. And it's like, okay, well, they didn't want it. That's fine. We got more people that we can submit to. Maybe we need to step back on this one. We'll move to the next project because maybe it's just not right now. And I've heard agents talk about that where they had to put a project down only to come back to that same project two or three years later. And then it goes because the market changes or there's a demand for it. All of those things matter. Timing is everything. I think that's wonderful. And I'm so happy that you found your writing community. Was it hard for you to find your writing community? I don't even know what made me get back on Twitter. Mm-hmm. and get active on Twitter again. I remember I got back on there and I honestly wish I could tell you, Abby, like, I don't know why. I got on there and I started to follow hashtag. There was that tweet that one day um, that Antoine Edie tweeted mm-hmm. talking about creating this space. Are there any other like black kid lit authors and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I wish I could find it, but that was the tweet. Then they sent out like this email blast to um, the people who signed up. Yep. And then it just started. I started meeting these people. When Maude Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and then George Floyd happened, that June, one of my tweets went viral, so to speak. Like got a lot of retweets and everything like that. So I think I met people that way. And I just started making this, meeting this community and started making real friends now. Phone numbers. And I'm friends with this, like, you're my real friend. And it was the most surreal thing. It's great because critique groups, writing community groups, especially starting with the genres that you're writing in, that can be automatically you're going to have a connection there. <laughs> talking about Twitter, because that's where I first found you. You sent out this tweet and you say, I research every agent editor press and you say ask questions go to the publisher marketplace google do all the things to find out after you've got your list together now you're going to go research these people i have a list of why you shouldn't query them we have the absolute no on that list there is a list that is out there floating if you want it you can ask me for it these are the things that authors need to know because they can say with a lot of heartache because that dream agent of yours might be on this list and they might be racist or they might be homophobic or they might be anti-semitic anti-whatever whatever that you don't agree with they might be on that list. That's what the list is for. So, you know, here are some hard no's. Why you shouldn't go to this agency? Why you shouldn't query them? And it may not be that there are any of the moral things that are like, you know, Ugh, you're a terrible person, but if they don't know how to negotiate a contract or they missed the ball on some business matters. So that's the purpose of researching. Query Tracker is good. I use Query Tracker for what's more so the response. I'm like, okay, how long is it taking for them to respond to you? So I was making sure that I would update to make sure I was updating my query tracker so that people could see, okay, I submitted on this day and I got a response back on this day. 
And here's what the form rejection said, or here I got personalized feedback, and this is what this agent said. They're pretty cool. So I, I would make sure to do that and return the favor because I saw others doing that. It was good That's to see nice. black holes. Even though I don't know these people, but this is a form of community because you're in the comments. And this is what they're saying about this particular agent, you know, things like that. Part of the research. Having a no list is just as okay as having just as okay. this yes list, right? Yeah. It's probably even better to have your no list, you know, talking It's nothing about, personal usually. And so if it is, then it's probably a good reason why it is. And like you said, this is business. This is a person. They are not the end all to be all. Yes, if you are going into traditional publishing, they are the middle person between you and that publishing house. The same goes for editors. I'm still very young in this industry, but I learn very quickly because what I'm not new to is business. I have my own law firm. And so even with editors, like I have a list of no for editors, people who I don't want to work with. You want to have a good relationship with your editor because hopefully this will be your long-term person. You don't want to have a thousand editors. Their editorial vision aligns. The notes and feedback to help bring my story out as opposed to blocking me from my story. Even that matters. That's his own conversation when you're out there on submission connecting with editors because again, now that you've landed the agent, don't take any sales. Don't just give your book to anybody because the money looks good and the advances look good and all this stuff. What if the publishing house, I don't care if it is one of the big ones, one of the big four, five, three, two, however many is left. Like, what if they don't work? All of this, and these are the things that authors, we don't always think about because we're just trying to get the agent. I think that's all really great advice. At the end of my podcast, I always do a lightning three. I'll ask you three quick questions and you can... Try to answer them in one sentence. Question number one, what are the stories that we should be looking for by you that are coming out in the next handful of years? Yes. So this coming summer in July, my co-author and I are debuting my nonfiction young adult called Ground. We're profiling 15 women directors in Hollywood. It was a very interesting project to do to highlight these women. They're amazing. And that's coming from Chicago Review Press. In spring of 23, I will be debuting my first picture book, finally, called My Ancestors' Wildest Dreams from Scholastic. That announcement is out. And spring 24, it's not really untitled anymore, but I don't know if I can say the title just yet. But also the companion book to My Ancestors' Wildest Dream will be coming out. Yeah, I Thank So happy for you. So wonderful. So question number two, you had an R&R. And one of the things that you talked about was that that was really hard to get an R&R. For writers who either don't get feedback or who get an R&R, what is some advice you would give them in order to rally and understand where they want to make edits and how they're going to do the revisions before going back out there? First, make sure you connect with the notes. Just because you have an R&R, the notes may not resonate. You may not agree with them. That is 1,000% okay. Know the story that you are wanting to tell. It's very easy to, to fall into the trap of your writing sucks or it's not good enough or something along those lines. Now, that being said, if you resonate with the notes, if you're getting feedback that's actionable, feedback that you can work with, take that r and First of all, it's an R&R. They don't, agents do not give those out. If you get an R&R, congratulations. 
somebody likes your work. They see some potential in it. This is where you may step away from the project for a while. Take your time doing the R&R. Do not rush it. Get you some critique partners. If you have to pay for a critique, pay for it. Make sure you check the record before you pay for something. But if you have critique partners, please use them. Dig deeper into that story. Figure out what's going on and do it. Awesome. And then question number three, you've mentioned how being a mother has given you even more motivation. For all the mother writers out there, and or even just all the parents out there who want to write and are parenting, if you could give them one piece of advice to encourage them that they can do this, what would it be? Oh, I'm not going to be emotional. But I would say that you deserve it and treat yourself. That's the one thing we don't do as parents often, especially as moms. We forget ourselves and we put us off to the back burner. It's easy, especially if you have a little kid. If you got newborns and stuff like that, I mean, you just try and get them sleep. But do that because your kids, our kids, they need to see mommy chasing after her dream. And they need to see that it's okay. That it makes you a bad parent. It actually makes you a rock star of a parent. From what I found out from my kid's teacher is that my mommy's an author. She writes books. My kid tells me I'm going to be a mom. And I want to be an author. I can be both. I can be mom and I can be an author. And so I would say to you, parents who are creative, do not give up on your dream. Your purpose did not die. When you had your children, it's only become realized. You deserve to live out what you were called and created to do. And I think you do yourself a disservice by not following your purpose. Those are beautiful words. And eloquently said, and I don't think I can say anything better than that. So thank you, T, so much for sharing your experience with us, for being so honest, for bringing your full self here, and for giving really sound advice that helps writers remember that they can do it and that there is a way to break down this process of querying and finding the right agent for them. It's going to help a lot of people. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation on Lit Match. You can learn more about T and her upcoming books in the show notes. If you like listening to this conversation and would like to hear more from Lit Match, pass the show on and write a review. This helps me reach more writers who are ready to query literary agents, who need help with the research process, or who want to learn more about the writing craft. If you have any questions or recommendations for Lit Match, I'd love to hear from you. Please email me at abigailkperry at gmail.com and I'll do my best to answer you. I hope you'll join me next week for another episode of Flip Match. In the meantime, keep writing. I genuinely can't wait to hear when you sign with the best literary agent for your business and writing career and celebrate your book when it comes out.